Family worship is cultivating a devotion to God inside the home. But how do we make it practical? Welcome to Talk Truth, a McGregor podcast, where we dive into scripture, gain insight from community, and biblically answer life questions. Talk Truth will answer life questions submitted by our listeners every other week. If you have a question for Talk Truth, you can submit your questions on our website. I'm your host, Chloe Weimer. Let's open the word, gather together, and talk some truth. by Ryan Flint, worship minister at McGregor Baptist Church here in Fort Myers, Florida. Today's conversation is part two of a two-part episode where we will be continuing to answer the question, what is family worship? But before we handle the word, let's open up in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much that you have revealed yourself truthfully in your word. Thank you that we don't have to look out or look within. We can simply open our Bibles and know who you are. Please be present in this conversation and be glorified in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, Ryan, welcome back. Hey, it's good to be back. Nice outfit change. Thank you. Staying fresh. (laughs) Same here. Frosty fresh. Ooh, speaking. Okay, so last episode we talked about Wendy's because we both share a deep love for the girl with red braids, right? Yes. And can you just enlighten the listeners about your favorite praise team member? Yeah. um, I'll be honest. My favorite praise team member sits across the table from me. Her name is Chloe Weimer, and I'll tell you why, or I'll show you why. What you got? Uh, After one rehearsal, we're talking with a group talking about Wendy's, Mm. and Chloe proceeds to tell me about a frosty tag that one can acquire that uh, uh, earns you a free Junior Frosty every time you visit. Come on, that's a word. Does she get me for Christmas? But a frosty lover key tag. Yeah, if you are listening to this episode and you think that Ryan should change his Instagram handle to Frosty Lover, that's F R S T Y L V R. Um give me a thumbs up. Frosty Lover. And Chloe, this is not one per day. No, I, yeah, this is tell one them. per visit. Oh my gosh. People, one per visit. Yes. Wendy's. Hallelujah. Man, that's some good stuff right there. All right. So if you missed part one of this episode, I encourage you to go back and listen to our first conversation about Wendy's and most importantly, our answer to the question, what is family worship? Because that's where we defined what it is. And this discussion is just going to be more practical. How do we apply it? How does Ryan, a father with a beautiful, amazing wife, Katie, and his Amen. little three kids. How, do, how does he live out family worship? And how do I live out family worship? How does an empty nester live out family worship? We have a lot of different contexts, right. but it's still a command and a gift from God. And so we can talk about the goal first and foremost. The goal, again, is cultivating that devotion to God inside of your home. Um, And if you want to do some digging on your own, I encourage you to look at Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. We talked about it a little bit last episode, but the outcome is communion with God. We, We want to be in fellowship with Him. So, if you are in worship with God, you you are knowing who He is. You you are adoring who He is, and this is something that we 
need to set intentional time for so that the rest of our day is lived out worshiping him. I think sometimes we think that it's, I think we think of worship as all or only a time where you are setting aside for him, you know? Um, but worshiping God could look like you going down to the printer at your office and praising his name inside of your head and nobody else knows about it. You know, it's not necessarily something that's set aside intentionally. To spirit and in truth has no bounds. Yeah. But we want, because of family worship, you want your kids to have that intentionality and have that, have that worship just lived out in their everyday lives. When you someday are not there, and, and even when they're on the playground, like they, they, they can have that worship and that communion with God sure. in every part of their lives. And so I wanted to, um, t- turn our attention to the word because that's where we are really going to find the truth, right? Talk truth. And in Genesis 18, we see Abraham and the sacrifice of Isaac, which actually doesn't happen. Spoiler, spoiler alert. So turn with me to Genesis 18. Oh, I'm just kidding. I I wrote Genesis 18, but Genesis 22. I gotta go to Genesis 22. All right. So in Genesis 22, Abraham goes up to the mountain. I'm, so, I'm sorry. Abraham goes up to the mountain. And I'm going to start reading from verse one. It says, after these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, here I am. He answered, take your son. He said, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, go up to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will tell you about. So first of all, we can see that Abraham, because he was in an active state of worship, not just that intentional time, but he heard the voice of God. You could be walking to that printer and, and the Holy Spirit will speak to you, sure. you know, but God ultimately speaks through his word. And so that's where we're going to hear in that intentional time. In verse three, it says, so early in the morning, Abraham got up, saddled his donkey and took with him two of his young men and his son, Isaac. He split wood for a burnt offering and set out to go to the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. Then... Abraham said to his young men, stay here while I go with the donkey, the boy, and I will go over there to worship. Then we'll come back to you. So first of all, there was an intentional separation of his family from the rest of everybody else. Right. And so there is privacy in it, but it's still corporate because it's between Abraham and Isaac. And then in verse six, it says, Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and laid it on his son, Isaac. In his hand, he took the fire and the sacrificial knife and the two of them walked on together. Then Isaac spoke to his father, Abraham and said, my father. And he replied, here I am, my son. The Isaac said, the fire and the wood are here, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And so Isaac knew that he, we can tell from the text that there was a consistent um, family worship because Isaac knew how to worship. He was like, wait, something's not right here. What's going on? And he didn't know because he spent two hours a week at a church building. He knew because his father cultivated family worship in the home. Exactly. And I just love how we can infer that if you just, if you just think, you know, like you can think out your faith and not just believe things, you know, you can, you can use your brain and use some things that you learned in English class when you're reading your Bible, you know? 
Um, but I'm going to finish this a little bit. It says, Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. Then the two of them walked on together. When they arrived at the place that God had told them about, Abraham built the author, uh, altar there and arranged the wood. He bound his son Isaac and placed him on the altar on top of the wood. And so that points to how God sent his one and only son, Jesus, yeah. to die for our sins. And we know that from, I'm not going to read the rest of the story, but we know that God gave a lamb as a, as a, a substitutional for Isaac. for Isaac. And Abraham was willing to worship God in that way. He was willing to do, to even lose his one and only son. Right. But God provided and God provided a sacrifice for us. And that's Jesus. Amen. It's good stuff, right? So we we have that communion with God, but um, we and we want our kids to know how to worship. We want them to know how to engage in that communion. But another outcome of family worship is impacting generations. So Isaac's worship of the Lord poured into his son Jacob's worship. And in Hebrews eleven twenty, it says, "By faith Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph, and he worshipped." leaning on the top of his staff. And so there was an impact of Joseph's life. It, it, it just impacts generation after generation sure. after generation. Well, we, we talked last time about, you know, I said about Patrick, my dad reading mm -hmm. his Bible and yeah. Katie envisioning her, reading, seeing her mom and her dad read the Bible. And now how I want my kids to see that that's generations impacting generations. Even now, grandparents faith uh, living on and, and their faith being ex exemplified for their, their grandkids. It's, it's pretty awesome. It's, exactly. fa it's family worship. Yeah. And like I said before, though, not every family looks the same. Right. And so I'm going to share a quick story of my favorite kind of family worship. So when I was in college, no, I wasn't living with my family, um, but I had some amazing roommates and I was mentored by a girl that um, talked about the word grit and that's G-R-I-T, grit. So what does it look like to have grit in your relationship with God? And a lot of what she had to say was, what's going to happen someday when you have kids and you wake up and um, the baby's crying and you just, life gets too busy for you to spend time with God. And so what we, what she did was opened up her, her apartment every morning, uh, Monday through Friday, and she would have like, it, it would be anywhere from like two girls to, I saw up to 20 girls in there wow. and we would just pray every day mm. and for an hour. And it, it was just, it was the coolest thing to, to be discipled by her and, and cool. to know how to spend time with the Lord. Um, and, and, and even now I don't have, I, I live with my grandmother now and I don't have roommates to do that with in the same way where I'm like discipling them right. to in the way that she did me. But go, being discipled in that way helps me to remember that I need to have grit even now as a single woman, and I'm not being encouraged in that way. And I look back on how she modeled that, you know? Mm. And so we can, we can all That's find awesome. ways to apply family worship. Who, who are you? Who, who's in your life? Who, who can you spend time together in community with reading the word and praying together? Right. That's uh, good. Yeah, but because it's different, in different phases of life, a father who has just had, or maybe, or maybe just got married, how does he begin, you know, spending that, right. that communion with God, with his, with his wife? And then how does that family situation enter into the next phase when they have children? And so 
I'm I'm sure you probably could share a little bit about how it's intimidating to to lead that. Absolutely, we kind of talked about that some last time. You know, it's and that's why we don't want to start sometimes as dads because yeah. we, we don't know where to start. But we answered that last time. We start by opening the Bible. Yeah, and oh man, I just I love this. I think that more than anything, we need to equip families in the church with the word. And so I have Ephesians six open Ephesians six verses 14 through 17. Paul says, stand therefore with truth, talk truth with truth, like a belt around your waist, righteousness, like armor on your chest and your feet sandaled with readiness for the gospel of peace. In every situation, take the shield of faith and with it, you will be able to extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is God's word. And so my, my thought when I read that is what kind of father would send his son into battle without armor? Mm. You know, like if, if you really, really care about your child, then you're going to equip them right. to love the Lord. And help them be prepared. Exactly. And, and if, if the devil, he can't rob you of your salvation, but if he if he's going to rob you of anything, he's trying to rob you of your influence. And so as soon as your eyes open, even sometimes in your dreams, you'll, you'll, we'll have some weird dreams, you know, but if, as soon as your eyes open, the devil's trying to attack us and he's trying to make us fall into sin. And so how Ryan, can you share how we equip families to, to dress in that armor? What does that actually look like? Sure. You know, we talked last time we had, we had three words last, uh, episode, episode one, it was, uh, read, pray and sing. Yeah. So I'm sticking with three words again this time because I don't know, I want to be like pastor Russell, but they don't start with the same letter, uh, brevity, regularity, and flexibility. Just practically speaking, you know, how, how do we, how does my family live out family worship? Uh, you know, number one, it's, it's being, it's keeping it short, but consistent. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a, a six-year-old, a four-year-old, a five-month-old. So us sitting down, having a 60-minute family worship service tonight at five o'clock, that's not, that's not, that's not reality. Yeah. That's, this is not going to happen. Nor is it going to be an emotionally charged revival. Oh, right, right. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not going to be this mountaintop experience. No. Nope. Honestly, it might feel like I'm opening my Bible at Dave and Buster's. <laughs> but we're still trying. Or Chuck know, E. Cheese. Or, or Chuck E. Cheese. We could be, or Wendy's. <laughs> <laughs> just to bring it back full circle. I mean, I would open my Bible at Wendy's, but uh, that's just me. <laughs> I would too. Frost, frosting and scripture is a winning recipe. Ooh, come on. <laughs> uh, but you know, it's just being figuring out a time that works for your family, whether you're single, empty nesters, teenagers, young kids, you know, is it morning? Is it night? Is, yeah. it, is it at the dinner table? Finding out a time that meets your family, kind of hits your family where you are. Where can you guys maximize a time to have a short time, intentional time to worship together. Uh, and then it's, uh, I know, catechize question and, and, and answer, yeah. uh, practice, you know, we, we, we practice spelling bee words with my daughter. Uh, we, we practice songs to prepare for kids choir. We can also ask questions about what we just read. Yeah. Uh, open the Bible, read a story, ask your kids questions, six or 16. You're all smart enough to form questions that will impact your kids and let them learn more about the Bible story mm-hmm. they just read. Yeah. Uh, memorizing scripture. 
keep it simple, keep it short. We talked last time about putting those scripture verses to songs, putting yeah. them to, to a tune that makes it easier to remember. When I'm teaching Bible, the thing that helps my students memorize the be- like they will all get 100s if I give them a song that Put goes with song. the verse. Exactly. Yep. That's that's why we that's why it makes so much sense to do it that way. Yeah. Because we we all memorize song lyrics. Whether I mean, a song is on the radio, you start singing along. Yeah. Or because, because you know it. Yeah. You you haven't heard it since when you were a kid, and then well, all of a sudden you're back. like, wait a second, how do I know every single word to this right, song? Right. Because you memorize songs are easy to keep in your mind. Yeah. And then what happens? Yeah. What happens when you're going through a situation and then you are reminded of this verse and you're like, Oh my goodness, I didn't even realize that I, that I knew that, but God can remind you sing scripture. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And that carries us right to our next one, which is singing. We talked last time about worship at McGregor social media accounts. You can find our set lists. Look at that. Be prepared for, to come here for corporate worship. Yeah. Uh, praying. You know, again, it's it's praying often, letting your kids see you pray, praying for meals, praying at your quiet time, praying during your family worship time, whatever mm-hmm. that is, once a week, five times a week. Figure out a time and pray when you are together. Uh, modeling prayer for your kids. Uh, it's it's studying. You know, teaching kids biblical principles sounds like this really like lofty goal that's scary and intimidating. Like, what, is it, what does this even mean? But honestly, it's just... It's just asking your kids questions. Again, you, you read a story before you go to bed. Let's ask some questions to recap. Yeah. We, we wake up the next day. Okay, what did we retain from yesterday's time in the Word? Let's ask some questions before we go to school. It's it's studying yeah. the Word as if, we go. Even if they don't... Sometimes kids, it, it, it's saying like, what did you learn at school today? That's a very overwhelming question right. because they learned a lot and they're tired and they don't want to answer. So maybe sure. just saying, what was your favorite thing? You know, just making it right. more direct sure. is helpful. Absolutely. You know, my, my daughter struggles with going to bed at nighttime because her, you know, she thinks her room, of course, it's not dark. It's mm-hmm. lit up like the 4th of July. But <laughs> she thinks it's, it's too dark. It's scary. It's something in my closet. And we we just finished reading, you know, the, the parting of the Red Sea. We talk about Moses. We're talking about, you know, God making a way for, the, for them to cross on dry ground. And he wasn't afraid because God was with him of what he saw before him. Yeah. So if he can, if, if by God's strength, he can conquer the fear of a body of water, people coming to kill me, we can conquer the fear of you going to bed tonight. Yeah. And so she's able to just take that truth from that story and apply it to something as simple as going to bed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's teaching truth. That's just letting your kids take scripture and apply it to their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Apologetics, you know, First Peter three fifteen. Scripture demands us to defend our faith, yeah. which is what apologetics is, in its most basic sense. Uh, my kids won't get there if I expect the church to do it. We talked last time about those two to three hours. Yeah. Uh, the church is the foundation, but apologetics is related to discipleship. Mm-hmm. So we have to take advantage teachable moments. Sometimes it's intentional with the Word of God in family worship, and sometimes it's just driving in the car, praying as we see something. Uh, our our four-year-old son, I, I love what he's... Uh, my wife has helped him learn this because they're driving around a lot together while Collins is at school and I'm at work. Uh, if he hears an ambulance siren, a police siren, he'll stop whatever he's doing, be watching a show, talking to Katie, and say, oh, we need to pray. Who's going to pray? And we'll pray for the emergency worker going by, pray for the accident that we drive by, and just cultivating that attitude of prayer. It's just yeah. a, it's a humbling thing to see, but that's what happens when you work so together as a family. Yeah. That's really sweet. I'm, I'm the king of segues. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so that's that's kind of the, the 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 brief thing, and then I think it's we talked about you know what what does work and what hasn't, and this is going to change for everybody. You know, what, I think what's important, Chloe, for us to all keep in mind. You kind of hit on it earlier, is 
we have to realize, I have to recognize that my situation isn't, isn't unique. Yeah. There are other families that have multiple kids. Their families have way more kids. Uh, there are other people like some of our listeners. You might be saying, I'm an empty nester. My kids are in their 40s. There's other people in that boat. You might be like Chloe, your young 20s, single. There are other people in the same phase of life that yeah. you are. And as you said, the enemy wants all the glory for himself. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want my family and I to engage in Christ honoring God, fearing worship. He's doing everything he can to quell that, to stop that yeah. from happening. So we have to we have to recognize and understand that what we're going through isn't unique, and it takes intentional, concerted effort to make that happen, to worship Jesus as a family. So looking at what 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 has worked, what hasn't, uh, reading the Bible, the the app. We have the Steve Green Hide Him in Your Heart scripture album. It's twenty songs, literally scripture. Put to I music. used to listen to that. Yeah, my wife Katie listened <laughs> to it as, as a kid now. in the in the in the eighties. Now listen to it now. That's wild. That's so funny. Do you remember um, Chris Rice? Oh yeah. My dad used to play Chris Rice all the time. That's the uh, uh, Looney Tunes song. Yeah, right? yeah. That's exactly what I was yep. thinking of. Which I mean, ha la 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 hallelujah. There, there are a lot of like deeper options out there, Absolutely. but like it's funny the things that you remember from when you're a kid. Um, but can you tell me a little bit about what hasn't worked for your family? Sure. Uh, you know, honestly, for for us, the biggest thing is just trying to figure out that that timing of it. Um, too close to bedtime hasn't hasn't worked for us because the kids are all jacked up. They, they've taken their their baths. They're in their PJs. Yeah, we're trying to wind them down. They just they're they're too tired and too too wild to focus. Yeah, on what's happening. It's probably too hard to make the time once you get to the end of the day. Anyways, sure. like if you say, oh, we'll do it tonight, then like eight o'clock rolls around, seven thirty, whatever, and right. it's oh, we'll just do it tomorrow. Yeah. That makes it easy. Yeah. And then it's, it's also modeling too, that you're not prioritizing him as the first part of your day. Like the reason I spend time with God in the morning and the reason that I give my, I, my, I pay my tithe, like right when I get paid is because I want to trust God with whatever else is to come. Sure. You know, he's, he's worthy of the first fruits of my day. I mean, the first fruits of praise in the house of the Lord. Yeah. Um, okay. So I also want to know what, your home life has been affected by. I also want to know how your home has been affected relationally. Sure. Because of family worship. How has it changed? Let's start with just you and Katie. Yeah. Uh, you said, you know, you used episode one, that whirlpool example, kind of that, mm-hmm. that word picture. I mean, simply put, uh, you know, it puts Katie and I, my wife and I in a, a healthier place. We're, yeah. we're in sync. Uh, we're having our own, we've had our own private worship. We are prepared and we're engaged. And then when we, when we invest in our kids in an intentional time of worship, it cultivates better relationships with our kids. Yeah. We're having meaningful conversations about things that really matter. And so it really just creates more more synergy. And I believe it allows our house to bring more glory to God, which yeah. as we said in episode one, is why we exist, is to yeah. bring glory to God. So it really just, it sets the foundation for each day, for each week. It lets us serve the Lord together. Yeah. Okay. So to wrap things up, um, let's just kind of go over some things that we can encourage families with, um, getting past the awkward part, you know, like, of course, everything that you do for the first time is going to be awkward and maybe the second time. Um, and the kids are most definitely going to fight it. If they're teenagers, they're going to roll their eyes. Um, but it's, it's something that you got to get through because it's something that God has given us to do. And so we don't want to miss out on the blessing of it. And then also getting past the busyness, Maybe the reason you're not doing it is because you're prioritizing 
the world, something else, you know, and it may not look like devil worship, right. you know, but it right. may look like sports. It may look like television, music, whatever it is. Uh, but we have to make God first in our lives, both individually and, and corporately. And then the comparison game, you know, you may not exegete like John MacArthur or Russell Howard, right. but if you have a Bible you can open it and you can read it. Start with John one, something simple, right. even reading a Psalm or even reading a proverb. If, if you are having that busy morning, putting on the audio Bible in the car, don't compare yourself to everybody else. Not everybody is go- they're not perfect. Those, those people that we look up to aren't perfect. Right. And so why should you expect yourself to be? And then head knowledge. So again, you're not going to know everything, but it's family worship is more than just an intellectual exercise. It's the more that we know him, the more that we love him. That's how I've at least Mm. seen it in my relationship with God. I, and I may not, it may not look like me, um, learning something new and crazy every single day, you know, but every time I sit down and eat a meal, that's nutritious it doesn't necessarily, I don't like see the impact on my body or on my health, right. but I still need to eat, you sure. know, you got You got, you got to fight for that. Yeah, healthiness. Exa- exactly. And we have to fight for our love for him as well. Um, and so I think that we have covered a lot of ground in these two episodes. We also don't think that we have to know everything, right? Um, every time that I open my Bible, I'm not going to, I mean, I should be expectant of what God is going to teach me. He could at any moment. Um, but it's just like when I sit down and eat a healthy meal, I'm not going to see the results right away every time. It's not instantaneous. Exactly. But I still need to eat the food. Right. And so, um, when we are continually in the word, we're going to continually love God. The more you know him, the more you love him. Mm. And that's how it works in our relationship with him. But how do we engage our kids for Jesus? How do we get them to open the word um, and give them those deep things that they, that they need? Sure. Yeah. As, as, as we wrap up, kind of just, it really starts with, with prioritizing the gathering, Uh, you know, making sure that you and your family are in church. You know, dads, fathers, you have to prioritize church for your for your kids and for your families. Model interest in corporate worship. Uh, model Christ likeness in how you treat your wife, how you lead in your marriage, how you lead your your kids in yeah. the discipline of reading God's word. Be in the word uh, yourself. Uh, let your kids see you being in the Word. Let your kids see your passion and your your excitement for being in and around the Word of God. Obviously, prioritizing family worship. That's what we've talked about these entire two episodes. Yeah. Make that a priority in the life of your family. Intentional, too. Right. Be very intentional with it. Exactly. And then just, to me, I think it's just quality time with your kids. Um, so much of like family worship can kind of happen just organically. You, you go on a walk, you see, talk about God's creation around you. Yeah. You process the day, you're driving home from school. What, what did you learn today? What did God teach you today as you went throughout this day? Yeah. So it's just letting your kids, letting your family see that you love Jesus and see you exemplifying your love of Jesus with other people that you come in contact with. Yeah. All right. So we have jam packed this episode and the previous episode with some really practical tips and some really deep definitions. This episode, we talked about brevity, regularity, and flexibility families. We want to know what you have learned from this episode. How are you going to apply this to your life? Go ahead and drop it in the comments, wherever you are listening on whatever platform you are listening 
and just let us know. Also, if you have any questions, you can go ahead and drop that in the comments and maybe we'll do a future episode on that question. Um, Ryan, thank you so much for joining me again. Thanks for having me. It was a blast. It was a blast. It was a frosty blast. And to our listeners, thank you for spending your time with us. If you haven't yet connected with us online, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and be sure to check out our other McGregor podcast channels. Just head over to talktruthpodcast.com for all of the details. We'd love to hear from you. And thank you so much for listening. Remember to talk truth.